0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from HouseWorks. Today on the program, we're fast forwarding to 2018 and looking for those home improvement projects you want for the upcoming year. Now's is the time to start planning if you're looking for major renovations or even small fixes that require certain expertise. Let us get you started with your 2018 projects now by giving you the tools to make sure your project is completely and properly on time. Also, we talked to Holiday Electrical Safety with the Electrical Safety Foundation International President, Brett Brenner. Share your comments and questions with us this morning by calling 877 mpb ring. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is Fixit 101 from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. I'm MPB Think Radio. This is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Today on the program, we are fast-forwarding to 2018 and looking for those home improvement projects you want for the upcoming year. And now is the time to start planning if you're looking for major renovations or even small fixes that require certain expertise. Let us get you started with your 2018 projects now by giving you the tools to make sure your project is completed properly and on time. Also, we talk holiday electrical safety with Electrical Safety Foundation International President Brett Brenner. And you can share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877 MPB Ring. You can send an email to fixit101 at org. How are you fellas doing this morning?
1: Man, I'm doing great and uh, glad to be here. And Christmas is right around the corner. I know we're
0: right on this side of it now. <laughs> How are yes. you doing,
1: Dale? Oh, absolutely blessed.
0: There you go. Have you guys uh, uh, started to do the outdoor lighting
1: yet for your Christmas? I get of a bunch course. of laughing. Nobody says it. Okay. Of course. Okay. okay you so know, you, that's did. What you turn the porch light on, right? Man, you better have
0: one awesome Christmas porch light. That's all I got to say. I don't know where you get your porch lights. But, uh, Dell are you uh have you been up on the ladder yet hanging the hanging the lights
2: well to tell well, the truth no, no. i have no. not i've done a little inside and and I always say i want to do more, but at this point i'm I'm like it's going to be over <laughs> and um Y'all are apparently not married to my wife.
0: I, am a <laughs> I got the
2: Christmas theme. I did get the tree out. It's and not about the
0: theme. It's about me on a ladder, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Right. I, I should do it. I should go ahead and do that. <laughs> Folks, the other day I talked with the uh, president of the Electrical Safety Foundation International, Brett Brenner. We talked about being safe this holiday season when it comes to like electricity for holiday decorations. I had had a couple of questions that are just, uh, i got to know. you you got to hear this. We started the conversation when I asked him what would be his first tip when getting ready to put up this year's Christmas
3: lights. I think the main thing is just inspecting things before you use them. You know, most people, if they're anything like myself or human nature at all, um, you have Christmas decorations out that you kind of just throw back into a box. You're not really thinking how you store them. Right. And so as you're pulling those cords and extension cords out and everything else, just kind of inspect them to make sure you're run your hand along the, the cord and make sure there's not, no issues with it. Make sure there's no slices or breaks in the cord. And every once in a while, you know, you got to replace this stuff, too. It's not meant to last forever. I mean, it's amazing how long this stuff does last for because you remember you're putting it outside in, in, in the elements and things can really go wrong if it's not operating correctly.
0: Wow. Understood. Uh, that's something I've not thought of. And, and you know, at the end of the year, once the holiday is over and you take those things down, it really is a pain to recoil everything back up. So you really do kind of wad it up and throw it back on the box for next year and think, well, I'll figure it out next year or get
2: new ones.
3: No, I, I think that's, that's an excellent point in the fact that, you know, most of the fires that we're seeing, actually home fires and those kind of things we're actually seeing after the after the the Christmas holidays celebrated because people are kind of out of out of out of thought out of mind, and they're not you know watering their Christmas trees and taking care of things like they normally do. They're just kind of letting it linger along, and that's usually once the problems pop up as well.
0: Wow. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions here that just top of mind that I've always wanted to ask someone. Okay, here we go. How many strings of light can I string together at once?
3: So with the new technology and LED bulbs, it's kind of changed the answer. So the old incandescent bulbs that we're used to growing up, most Mm -hmm. people listening, you never want to put more than three strands of lights together. Um, When you get to LEDs, you can get pretty creative with them because the energy use is um, is not that great so you can you can go 10 to 15 strands technically when you start looking at some of the directions but you know wow. it just depends
0: uh fantastic okay let me ask this how many how many things can you plug into an outlet of like all your christmas stuff you've got one outlet uh you know one standard outlet has two plugs in it how many things christmas things can i plug in there
3: so it's all going to vary on the circuit. And the circuit, you know, the breaker that runs to it or the fuse that runs to it is going to dictate how much energy is put out. So, you know, you could have on one circuit, you could have, you know, one or two rooms running off that circuit. So it really depends on what you have other otherwise plugged into it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to vary from outlet to outlet, and circuit to circuit in your home. And that's usually when it gets pretty tricky. And we realize that You know, the the electrical industry has done a really good job of hiding things behind walls and making things look nice, Um, but people need to remember that electricity can be dangerous if it's not used correctly.
0: So would you ever recommend more than the two that are plugged into the actual outlets?
3: Typically, no, um, but I know that, you know, you need to have energy from somewhere. So I think the the main thing to do is to figure out how much um, uh, amperage you're pulling and, and and try to get an idea if you're going to overload your system or not.
0: Um, explain the extension cord. Now, that I, when I go to my home store and look at extension cords, there's 15 to 20 different types of different thicknesses and lengths and colors. What would I use as an outdoor extension cord for, let's say, I've got a bunch of lights and inflatables?
3: So what you're going to look for is uh, most of the time they're going to have a tag on them that hopefully hasn't come off um, that says it's outdoor rated. Uh, That's number one. Number two, it depends on where you live and how cold it gets. The thickness of that wire uh, does two things. Number one, the thicker it is, the more robust it is. Um, but typically, it also has some um, stabilizer in it, in it, which allows the, the cord or the protective rubber on the outside not to, not to break under extremely cold conditions. And so it depends on how cold you are. Um, you got to look at the manufacturer's recommendations to see how those, how those are going to hold up outside. Um, you know, extension cords are for temporary power. That means that, you know, you're only supposed to use them for 30 days. So holidays is a perfect example Typically, you put them up right around Thanksgiving, let them run through Christmas, that's fine, but they're not meant for permanent power. So if you've got things that you're using um, extension cords for, for permanent power, you really need to reassess and say, though I need to figure out what else I need to do here because this is more of a permanent power situation. That, these extension cords are not meant to hold up over time uh, to give you electricity safely.
0: Okay. Let me ask you this: um, If you've got that cord, are the colors any different? Do they make any difference, or are they just aesthetic?
3: So typically, they've they've been orange has been more heavy duty and, and usually means that it's meant for outside use. But I've seen cords that that's not necessarily true either. They're, that 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 color really has nothing to do about it. It's it's indoor or outdoor use. It's more to kind of make it visually more impactful. So you can see where it is. And so, unfortunately, I think you know consumers think that that's in fact the case, but that's not the case in terms of color meaning literally, literally nothing. Unfortunately, and many times people are actually the, the new the new uh, kind of trend, if you will, is to have a lot of outdoor outside um, extension cords actually be green to mimic grass, so they don't stick out like a sore thumb in, in when they're lying across the yard. Right. Okay.
0: So that color doesn't mean anything. You're just matching. You did- Typically, no, no. Okay. Now, is there, a, we've seen a lot of folks go to inflatables over the past 10, 20 years. Is there anything in particular, safety wise, that we need to know about those inflatables?
3: No, I mean, most of those inflatables have got any, if they have any kind of lighting in them, um, it's going to be LED. Uh, most of the um, uh, circuitry inside is meant to be outside, so you really don't have any issues there. You've got to be a little bit careful to make sure what you're plugged into. So um, if you're running that extension cord um, up to an outside outlet, typically that outlet is protecting you uh, in most newer homes. So the 60s and later, we have a device in your home that's called a ground fault circuit interrupter, GFCI, and that's the thing that you find in your bathroom and kitchens and other wet spaces, and typically any outside outlet is going to be a GFCI. And that means it's grounded, so if water ever comes in contact with electricity, it'll shut the circuit off. If you have an older home or you have it plugged into just a standard outlet, you're really going to run into problems if water and electricity ever mixes. So those those connections and where you're plugging in the extension cord to the device or something like that, um, those are almost impossible to get watertight if they're not designed that way. Uh, you can run into some issues and maybe even run into a shock or an even electrocution issue.
0: So the way to avoid that is to make sure to plug everything into a GFI outlet. Correct. One of those that has the test and resets button, reset buttons.
3: Yeah, correct. So the GFCIs, typically you'll be able to see a, a reset button on them um, to make sure that you know they're GFCIs. But you also want to test them every once in a while to make sure they are working. We typically recommend every 30 days. But as you're plugging things into them, typically it's the best time to check them to make sure they're working correctly.
0: So is your organization advocating at all that we all should be moving to LEDs in these lights? Uh, I feel like I want to go home and throw out all the old incandescent warm lights that I have that are more dangerous.
3: So there's a couple reasons that you might want to upgrade. Um, Realize that nothing is, you know, every dollar you spend here means a dollar you can't spend somewhere else. We understand that. But LEDs, um, you know, the technology is not only better in terms of energy efficiency and how many things you can plug in at one time and the energy draw, um, but they're also built differently where they're not going to break under extreme conditions. And so the bulbs are a lot smaller. um, They're harder to kind of mess up. They're longer lasting. There's a lot of benefits to them. And so um, even though you can still buy incandescents to kind of make sure that you get the same kind of light that matches because you can never kind of match the two up, it seems like. Um, you know, there is a lot of reason to upgrade.
0: Okay. I want to ask you one last question and this one's kind of a doozy and it comes really on December 26th mainly, but uh with people giving and receiving more and more electrical tech gifts through the holidays, how important is it to have a label showing it was tested properly? Now, last year those hoverboards, remember, really popular, but many were catching on fire because they weren't certified.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, what we're seeing, and it, can be, it can be outright something that was made, what um, we call counterfeits in the industry, where they're just faked and they're just put out there. So if you're you're buying a charger or something else for your, your telephone or computer or something like that, you want to get a second or a third one, so you go online you find the cheapest option available. Well, most of the time, those things are not certified by somebody to say they're fire and um, shock safe. Um, so people are kind of going around a system that, that was around. So the online industry has basically opened up Pandora's box that you don't know what you're getting. Um, and it might look really good, and they might say it's safe, but nobody's tested it to make sure that, in fact, is the case. So it's just kind of, you know, if it's too good to be true, uh, the old adage, too good to be true, you might want to think twice before you purchase them, or the price just doesn't add up. I mean, there's a reason why electronics are typically more expensive, because a lot of you know thought has to go into how they're designed. Um, but most importantly, the raw materials that go into it, like copper and every, all the metals that go inside of that those plugs and stuff, there's a kind of a fixed cost. You can only get so low in cost. And so, you know, I don't necessarily agree that you have to go out and buy a $25, you know, charger for your phone, but, but those things are going to be a heck of a lot safer typically than something you get for a dollar online. And so it's just, you know, use common sense, trust your gut, and make sure you're looking at some of the labels. Those labels sometimes will tell you all you need to know. Um, You can find things like misspellings or places that don't even exist, and you'd be surprised what I've seen. Um, And I can tell you that as soon as you plug those in, um, they are definitely a fire hazard.
4: Wow.
0: Uh, Makes you think about what you plug in right after Christmas this year. All right. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, how can someone get more tips about holiday, holiday electrical safety and electrical safety tips in general?
3: So we, our, our website is kind of catered to be everything uh, holiday-related because we realize everything isn't electrical, but it really does kind of fall into the same you know thoughts and tips that go along with it. So visit our website. It's ESFI.org, um, and you'll find great safety tips for you, the kids, and everybody in between. Uh, you can teach your kids about electricity and, and maybe even a little bit of fire education as well. Um, just have them respect um, electricity like it should be, um, and I think that that's a, a good habit and something they can grow up with as well.
0: So that's esfi dot org. Correct. All right. Thank you, Brett Brenner, president of the Electrical Safety Foundation International. This has been very informative, very educational at this time, and we can uh, we could really use the help this time of year. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, uh, uh, that was Brett Brenner from the Electrical Safety Foundation International. And for more information, of course, you heard me say it there, ESFI.org. we come back, we're going to talk about 2018 renovations and your home improvement questions. This is Fix It 101 from MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Today, we're talking about 2018 and what projects you're going to be working on, what's on your list for the upcoming year. In the studio with me, two uh, contractors, and typically these guys cost money to come to your home and tell you things. However, you can get that for free today, 8 eight eight no not that's not it 877 MPB ring that's 8776727464 or send an email to fixit 101 at mpbonline.org and I cannot wait for this call because during the break we kept looking at it going what did, what does she mean by energy bar are you with us and?
5: Yes, I'm with you. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Now, we sat and looked at that energy bar thing thinking maybe power strip was what you were talking about?
5: Probably. I call it that. It's the one you plug in. It's got four or five individual plugs on it. Right. It's got a...
0: Not the one you buy a box of 12 so you can lose weight.
5: Huh?
0: No, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay.
5: Uh, it's got that little light on the end, and if it's still, blue, uh, you know, whatever, it's supposed uh-huh. to tell you if you have a problem or reset it. Yes, ma'am. Uh, how dangerous are they? Are uh, to put in with uh, another extension cord, and what should you look for? I was those uh, those really should,
0: use. and those really should plug directly into an outlet if you can. If you can get it, plug that directly into the outlet. The only other way to do that is if you're going to go with an extension cord, you want to go with a higher gauge extension cord, and what I mean by that is thicker.
1: Mm-hmm. You follow me? 14 there you go
5: okay smaller
1: cooking. smaller the number the heavier the wire right Correct. Right. okay <laughs> so uh, if I've got it
5: plugged into a 16 right now I should go up to a 14. I would
0: you know we were talking as a matter of fact during the break we were talking about uh, Java mentioned this to me forever ago and I remember we were talking about space heaters in the in the winter and he had a heater hooked up to a smaller extension cord. And he said he went to go grab the extension cord, and it was actually hot. The extension cord itself was hot. Right. Which is, you know, as Jeff will tell you, that's about three minutes away from an inferno. Right. So, yeah. anyway. Uh,
5: <laughs> Same thing with the plug. As soon as you plug it in, sometimes it gets real hot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not what you want to see. But anyway, I would use a higher gauge if you're going to go from outlet to a uh, to a power strip elsewhere. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And uh, typically those higher gauge ones, which like Jeff said, if you're buying extension cords and you see a real thick one, uh, look and see, does it say 14, 16, 18? What that is is the thickness of the wires that are in it. And the lower the number, the thicker the wire. And typically if it's got a thicker wire, it will also have a thicker insulation around it. Right guys? So like yes. uh, the cord is typically actually fatter. You know? And and it can be rated for uh indoor or outdoor use too. Yes, look for that. All right, uh Stevens on the line and well no, not yet. He's not there yet. We do have an email and somebody got a new house. And this wow. is cool. Uh, they're going to be building a new house, and they have several questions. Let's go with one question right here. Uh, we're within two years of retirement, so we have thought about the old folks' recommendations, such as wider doors, walk-in bath. We're thinking of uh, one story, of course, three-bedroom kids and grandkids will be visiting, two-and-a-half bath, kitchen, great room, laundry, uh, a disconnected garage with a walkway, brick fireplace, blah, 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 blah. My questions, what would be the best orientation for the house to face as far as the sun angles?
1: Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, so, well, yeah. Obviously, uh, they're probably not building in a subdivision, um, because a subdivision would tell you which well, direction. Yeah, I mean it's you know you're pretty limited. Um, yeah, the road's right here. Uh, and sure. Right, right. Yeah, you know unless you're on a corner lot going into a cove or something, but um, gosh. Uh, so, I, so the the
0: question being, do you want the sun at you at the say front of the house or your bedroom at at seven a.m. Sure, right, or do you right. want to be dark on that side of the
1: house? You, and you know, I th- I think that's just a personal yeah. preference. Or, or go north and south with no east and west windows. There you go. I mean, with with the with the technology we have today, with our uh, insulation values, and mm-hmm. and there's so many things you can do to a house now to to seal that envelope if you would. Right. So I, I think it's chocolate and vanilla, you know? Okay. Chocolate and vanilla. All right, so yeah, just yeah. pick one. Yeah, whatever whatever you prefer. All right.
0: We'll come back to another another one of those questions. We're gonna go to Stephen and Hasburg right now. And it's got a comment about an extension cord. Are you with us, Stephen?
4: Yes, I'm here. How are you doing?
0: Very good. So what's up?
4: Hey, look, I was just listening on your uh talking about electrical cord safety, and yes, I would like you to talk about and remind people that the typical home, a residence, average resident, the electrical circuit in their home is a 12-gauge wire.
6: Mm-hmm. If
4: you hook a surge protector or, as the lady called it, an energy bar or anything to that, mm-hmm. then you hook a extension cord to it, nine times out of ten, your extension cord is not going to be 12-gauge wire. It'll be smaller. If you do that, you're increasing the resistance, which increases heating inside the circuit that you've already established. And typically a 15-amp rating is what a house circuit is. Mm -hmm. And really the only way to know if you're overloading that, well, there's two ways. If the breaker trips and or you could use an amp meter to find out if you're reaching that 15-amp rating on that circuit. And the reason I say all this is just, at this time of year, we have increased house fires, and a fire in a wall can happen, and it can continue for a very long period of time before anyone notices it, Right, and then it becomes a problem.
1: Man, I yeah. appreciate no, that. that that's, that's amazing. That's he's being. That's a true statement. Uh, in fact, we had a. Uh, you know, this is what. Uh, by the way, Stephen, this is part of
0: this is what Jeff does for a living, um, because he does a lot of restoration from
1: insurance sure. issues. In fact, we uh, we had a house fire in Madison that uh, started in the wall. In the wall, and wow. uh, a homeowner was at home. Never knew it until that fire climbed. Up the exterior wall and got into the attic. Really? Yes. So, <laughs> Wow. That's uh, amazing.
4: And I also, uh, to back to the lady that was using the, uh, the terminology of the energy bar. Yes, sir. Uh, we, I just inve- investigated a fire, and the ignition point of that fire was a surge protector that had been used behind the headboard of a bed. But there were factors involved in that. That the surge protector was very old; uh-huh. it had been used in many times. They had moved uh, their home location over the years. It was a military family, uh-huh. and then there were books and things, and uh, the furniture had you know pinched and bind on that, right. damaged it, and over a period of time, it become an ignition factor for their home
0: fire wow so, hey folks let me say this i was just at uh one of the big box stores the other day and you can buy a handful of those things for about 30 bucks sure so there's there's no reason to have an old beat up uh, uh energy energy bar
1: <laughs> so that's gonna get, be the new word here. get it get a new energy bar right
4: yeah when you make your purchase on your electrical appliances always please always purchase something that is ul rated ul Yes. Okay. Writers' laboratory.
1: You, There's Stephen. Also- I'm sorry. sorry. You, well, I was just going to say you you sound like a fire investigator. Yeah, or something. you do something for a living, Stephen.
4: Uh, I'm I'm a fire marshal currently. Oh, oh, I, got you. Wow, I go. got you. There we go. There we go.
0: Man, we appreciate you coming on. That's fantastic.
4: Yeah, thank you for the time, and uh, y'all have a good day and continue. Thank you for what you do too. Thank, thank you,
0: sir. Thanks appreciate you. it. All right, let's uh let's keep moving here. Uh did we wanna do a question or a break here, Java? Let's just go ahead and break it off. Here we go. Uh, We'll continue our discussion after the break. Today, we're talking questions about your home improvement projects you want to finish before the end of the year, and what projects you want to complete in 2018. Now it's time to plan so everything can run smoothly and uh, when the hammers get swinging. Call us with your questions, comments, just tell us what project you're working on at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877- 672-7464 or send an email to fixit1 Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Today we're talking about 2018 and what projects you have uh, to do on your list for the upcoming year. And now's the time to plan if you want to do that. Also, we have two contractors here that you can ask any home improvement question of today. Number to call is 877 MPB Ring. It's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. I was in my little uh, tool room the other day, guys, mm-hmm. and there's an outlet in there that I keep my um, batteries plugged into. You know, the there's energy an energy bar? Uh, yeah, to an energy bar that goes to my batteries that are recharging for my tools. Okay? Okay. I noticed when I went to go pull this plug out that the outlet was coming with it. You, uh, you follow me? Yes. You know what I'm talking yes. about? So anyway, it just wasn't screwed in properly. So what I had to do is I had to carefully unplug this. So uh, here's, a, here's a how-to for you real quick. If this ever happens to you, if you pull on a plug and the, and the outlet kind of comes with you or moves back and forth, it needs to be secured. It's got yes. to be secured to be safe. So uh, uh, safely pull that plug out. Then you can take the plate off. There's a little plate. Uh, that is one screw dead center that's holding on that the plate the outlet plate. So just pull that off, and when you get that off, you'll notice the uh, the thing will be rattling around. Hopefully, you've already turned this off before you yes. go digging around yes. in the outlet. Okay, when you turn it off, what you've got to do is replace that screw or rescrew it in. There's a screw at the top and the bottom of the outlet box, and the outlet screws into those. And if either one is loose, then the outlet is not safe. So you want to go ahead and just tighten up those screws. And if you've got to, put another screw in there to keep it nice and tight. Then put the plate back on, and you should be good to go. All right, let's go to Mikey in Mobile. And um, how long can an extension cord be? Is that what you're looking for, Mikey? Well, yes,
5: yeah, sir. I mean, uh... Because electricity probably dissipates some as, as far as length and stuff like that. And and with people running outdoor-like, particularly, mm-hmm. but also indoor stuff, I mean, even more of more concern, the length of the safety of, of both outdoor and indoor, length and deliverance of the electrical charge.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, am
5: I, am I, am does I it dissipate?
0: Right? Does it dissipate? Yes. Sure it does. Uh-huh.
1: Of course,
0: um, and 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 that depends on you know. We were talking earlier about the gauge of of, mm-hmm. of things, wires that you use. Basically, the
1: cheaper you go, the the more you're going to lose. You know? And too, you know, the fire marshal just explained to us that that as as that cord gets longer, we build up resistance. Right. So the more resistance you have, the hotter the cord gets. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't think, Mikey, that's just a standard question that. Uh, I mean, a standard answer that, you know, your cord can't be over 100 feet. Right. Uh, there's a lot of factors that will come into play on how long that extension cord can be. Right. Um, and, and if something is a extension, uh, if it's regularly
0: an extension, you may want to consider putting an outlet there. True. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If, 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 in other words, if you find yourself dragging out the same cord all the time, or just letting it sit right. there, you know,
1: there's, there's a reason that that we have that we space our receptacles out in new homes, right, uh, at, at a certain distance, so people don't have to use an extension cord. Exactly. A, an extension cord is not a great thing. No, no, no. If you can get by without an extension cord, life would it, be it's, better. Yeah, it's a lot better. safer. It's better. Yeah. So.
0: Um, so if you've got a question about anything that you're doing, go ahead and give us a holler, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Um, talking about some things at this house. The email that we got a little bit earlier was someone building a new home, and uh, you guys were talking about during the break, and I think this is interesting. The man and wife are building a new home, and he uh, sent us a couple of questions. One of the questions, by the way, uh, this gentleman... Is in Fort Worth, Texas at the moment anyway mm-hmm. uh we want to build on a slab with the elevation raised two feet now we we were talking about these folks earlier they were getting they were two years from retirement, sure, and they're about to build this home. Jeff, you
1: immediately jumped on something. What was that Well, you know the fact is um I'm a cap certified which means um, um, certified agent in place specialist. Uh-huh. So as we get older, mm-hmm. we need to design our homes to where it's going to be conducive for us to live there as long as we possibly can. Right. So it's best if we have a zero entry shower, uh-huh. a zero entry front door. Uh-huh. Uh, zero entry when we're in in getting into our home from our garage. So what you're talking about there is no steps into anything. Well, or try. Yeah, it, it's yeah. if you can. Yeah, steps.
0: You know. Yeah, steps going up or down are, are are unsafe.
1: Well, as we get older, right. Yeah. we may end up with a walker. May end up in a wheelchair. Uh, Steps and wheelchairs and walkers don't mix Don't get along,
0: yeah. Um,
1: Well, that's a really good point if they're intending to buy this for that purpose
0: uh, or or to build this as their retirement home as they get older, they're going to want to think about some of these things. It's It's a really good point. Yeah, true. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Here's a neat question from these folks. Remember, they're building a house uh, scratch. Sure. Here we go. We want to build an all-electric with only a gas stove top. Uh, are solar panels a good idea in Mississippi? Uh, I won't say that solar panels. Me personally, solar panels aren't a bad idea anywhere, but uh,
1: you can only depend on it for so much. Uh, you know, I don't think they're cost-effective. Okay. Uh, I think the. I think once when the cost comes down, I think we'll see a lot of them. Right. Uh, but I but right right now, uh, I think the cost is so high that that it doesn't make sense. There are some other things that you can
0: use solar, though, for at your home if you want to look into those. Uh, and of course, Timothy calls every once in a while and lets us know some of the stuff that he does. But he's like warming water, rainwater, things sure. like this. Yeah. You know, yeah. solar is helping with, uh, you know, what solar has
1: been the largest innovation in outdoor lighting Ever, yeah. Um, well, you know. you know, there's a commercial, and I, I don't know a lot about it, but it, it's sponsored by Intergy. Mm-hmm. Um, for y'all that don't know, that's our local power company for right. uh, yeah for Mississippi, mm-hmm. and um, um, they are talking about solar farms. Have you mm-hmm. heard that commercial? Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's
0: that's happening a lot. So we'll we'll I think that that's going to be something neat, and uh, but it's going to have to get down to the nitty gritty on the individual level um to to for us to pay, be able to pay for it. sure yeah right so uh what do you think Dell? as far as uh, this guy talking about getting maybe a gas stove but nothing else gas
2: well um it's always good to have a little gas i would say um even uh, even though it don't get too cold here um, a heat pump wouldn't wouldn't be bad to have you know the options of right just in case um the total electric goes out, and you don't have no way of heating your house up. That's a really good point. You know, the it's, uh, it's having gas available yes is a great idea
0: because if you end up, say, you want, hey, you know what? We want to get uh, gas logs in our fireplace. Uh, if you've already got a gas line running to your house, it's not a big deal. Right. Uh, if you don't have that gas line going to your house, that
2: that's a real big deal and a costly deal. So. And some people like to guess um, the, the water heater systems. Uh, I would I would probably do both. You know, I would I would have the option to later install if if need be, then to not be able to get it all. You know? Right.
0: Okay. So you for you fellas here, um, as for most folks, we have a limited budget for house and contents. My understanding in this area, one hundred per square foot is the minimum. And that looks to be uh, like what they're
1: talking about as far as cost. That sounds oh,
0: –
1: Yeah. Um, you're not going to buy it for it. $100. No, no. Uh, he's talking about building it <laughs> Yeah, for 100 Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's tough. Buddy. That's tough? <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> Go ahead. Give me you your opinion. Well, yeah. I mean, again, that's such a general question. You know, how much is the lot? Is the dirt good? Do, do you have to excavate? Um, <clears throat> what size home are you building makes a big difference? Right. Um so a hundred dollars a foot it would be a good starting point. Uh uh-huh. And then, you know, determine if we have good dirt. Do mm-hmm. we have bad dirt? Um what's our lot cost? Right. You know, it's are we buying bad. a quarter acre lot? Are we buying a half acre lot? Okay. So All right, cool. Let's go house. To, uh, let's go uh, to the straw house.
0: <laughs> let's go to Kathleen and Osaka. Uh it wanted to talk about that solar water heater. Hey, Kathleen. I've got
5: a good tip for y'all. Okay, go for it. Very, very good tip. Now, you start with draining water off the roof from the gutter, uh, pipe, uh, what do you call them, uh, gutters? Yeah. Okay. And you feed it into a hot water heater. That doesn't work. You put it, like, somewhere on the roof or a patio. You sit it in a triangular shape, kind of coffin thing, flat on the bottom, flat on one side, And you taper the front from top to low on the bottom. You can use a glass door, whatever you need. You paint the inside of that black. You can use metal. The water goes from the roof into that, and you use that water to feed your hot water heater. You save. You can get your hot water on the outside at 100, 150 degrees on a good day, and uh, it'll feed and it breaks down your kick-on cost when the. Gas goes on to bring up the temperature, where would normally go on with the water 40, 50, 60 degrees. Now the water's coming in at 80, 90, maybe 100 degrees. It doesn't have to use that gas. Oh, well. And it's fed by gravity.
0: Interesting. There's
5: a, there's okay. A hot water heater.
0: That's awesome. So,
5: that's a Mother Earth news tip from way back.
0: There you go, Kathleen. I appreciate it.
5: Okay. Bye.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Number of calls eight seven seven MPB ring that's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So, fellas, the other day, all right, you guys have heard the saga about my dog tearing up my door, right? Of so course. I typically leave my dog outside. I forget. Right. I just forget. I, I Poor get doing dog. something else, and the dog forgets. Well, it's it, she's a lab, so there's nothing. You know, there didn't no one ever made a fence that she can, can't get out of.
1: Who's in charge of feeding the dog? Uh, not you. Not me. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so
0: anyway, the dog gets out, and when it tries to come back in, he scratches on the, the sure, door right there. Sure. So the other day, I went out and I bought a piece of brushed steel, a uh, little piece that would go on the door, but on the on the bottom like a kick plate. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Right? Uh. And uh, I used a little Dremel saw and cut down this thing to the exact dimensions of that place. On the side of my door, not the door itself, right. but the, the side where, where she scratches, and I put a piece of steel up. Oh, so wow. now I'm waiting for me to leave her out again Why and see if make she a can it. Poor dog. <laughs> you know, why not just let the dog back in? Yeah, just I, uh, well, it, I uh, can. I, mean, <laughs> I just forget, and, and that's true. Because I got, I'll think of something else. Eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or uh, you can give us an email. Fix it one hundred one at mpbonline.org. dot org. Today, it's kind of fun. We're uh, we're talking about the things that you're going to be doing in 2018. What are you going to be working on? What do you need to work on right now? We've talked about electrical safety for uh, Christmas decorations. That was fun. No more than three strings, folks, of the regular old school lighting. But he did say you can go up to 15 on the LEDs. (laughs) Clark W. Griswold. There you go. 877-MPB-RING. We'll be right back. If you're a sustaining member
2: of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org.
0: Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601, and Jeff Simmons is here from Houseworks. Yes, there are two contractors here that you can ask in that you can ask him, please. What is wrong with me today? That you can ask your questions of. Number to call is 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. Wanted to get to an email here real quick before we go to the phones. Ready? I have a Braun 40,000 H stove hood. Don't know what that hmm. means. Okay. Okay. The electric power went out in the home. Now the fan doesn't work. The light is fine. Can you help me out? Could be the motor. You think, You think, or was there a relay in there somewhere that may have blown rather than the motor? Mm. Or, uh, you hard. know what, the the fan the blower may be controlled by a different...
1: Uh, it should be a different switch, but...
0: A different circuit?
1: Should, no. I, I, I
0: will say, have you checked all the breakers? It'll be first, you know, just out of... You
1: know, but if the light's working... You know,
0: right. And it's going to be in the same thing. So, sure. OK, we'll where's, where's, where's Timmy
1: when you need him? Right. All right,
0: Timmy, go ahead and call in when you yeah. get ready. All right. Jack is in Kiln and he's uh, building a driveway and a garage. What's going on, Jack?
4: Hey, how are you doing? Good. What's up? Well, I'm building a garage and workshop. I, I have a project that I want to do to build a garage and workshop and uh, and a driveway to going into it. But mm-hmm. that's a bigger project than I've ever tried to do on my own, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not physically capable of doing the work. How do I go about getting some help, and, and how do I make sure the job's done properly?
0: Well, we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago about who one really would like to contact to find a contractor they can count on. Um,
1: isn't in, in isn't that close to Hattiesburg?
6: It's about an hour south of Hattiesburg.
1: Okay. Uh, but, but look, there is – you
0: can either use your uh, home builder association in, uh, in the Gulf Coast, Biloxi. Okay. Um, there might be one in Hattiesburg also. However, uh, you want to do that. You want to try to do better. Business Bureau, if you can. Uh, also, what was the uh, Mississippi uh, State Board of Contractors?
1: Mississippi State Board of Contractors and hire a licensed contractor.
3: Okay.
1: And that that's the way you want to go. Um especially if you're doing
0: if you're building a driveway and a garage, uh that means that you're you're butting up against code, which means you don't get a handy person to do that. You need someone that knows the code, you know.
3: Okay. All right. So
0: there you go. Mississippi State Board of Contractors may be the best place for you. Yep. All right, let's keep on moving. Eddie is on the line in Edwards, and uh, you've got some flickering lights. Where is this?
7: Yes, uh, and uh, you you were referring to code. Yes, sir. I made sure that everything in my house exceeds code, okay?
1: Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh,
7: So what I'm running into is I have flickering lights, and it doesn't matter which fixture I replace fixtures. And it doesn't matter how much load is in the, the house, just a few lights or a note just one fixture, they will be flickering. And I'm wondering, and this is 200-amp 200, 200 service, and I'm wondering if it is the power supply from the transformer itself. And the other thing is uh, a gentleman was calling in about a retirement home. The suggestion I would have is 36-inch wide doors in all, in all rooms, particularly on the ground floor of the house.
0: There you go. Thank yep. you. Yep. Great suggestion. Is is uh, Jeff? Is that one of the
1: suggestions that uh, the organization has for uh, the yes. one that you're a part of? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's part of the uh, agent in place is have three foot doors. Okay. So. Good deal. Um, all right. So the flickering lights. Does
0: it happen at the exact same spot or same room or any pattern that you can find to it?
7: It doesn't matter which room. Oh, so matter. all
0: of them. All oh, of all them are of doing them. it. Okay. Yeah.
7: And wow. it doesn't matter whether it's an incandescent, a fluorescent, or an LED light.
0: Oh, wow. That's just getting power cut off somewhere. I mean, and it he, sure he, sounds
1: like the feed.
0: It, yeah, or, or the box. Uh, how old is the box? It. Pardon me? How old is the electrical box?
7: Uh, Let me see. It's about 20 years old.
0: Okay, that's and not
1: bad.
7: It, it, it is a square D commercial uh, yeah. box.
1: Okay. I I would have That hire, may be from the I would get a licensed electrician out there to just look at it. Yeah, that's about your tests. only option, Eddie.
7: Okay. Uh,
0: now, what what was this comment also? It was oh, like the doors.
7: 36-inch wide doors, particularly uh in a home for elderly people. Mm-hmm. We put that in our house just so we have access for our parents.
1: That's right. And, and too, you know, anything. If you're building, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and put blocking in the in the wall for grab bars. Uh, right, it, it doesn't cost anything. Put blocking in. Right, so right. All right, Eddie, appreciate it. Let's move okay, on to uh, Helen and Jackson's
0: got a question about uh, replacing a soffit. Are You with us, Helen?
8: Yes. Hey, yes. Um, it's actually a, it's a two part question, real quick. Uh, one, we're in about a, a house that was built in the '60s. Mm-hmm. Um, it has soffit vents, you know, underneath the the e's. They are—they're not only old, but I've got—I actually noticed that over the years. Obviously, when the house was painted or sprayed, it just looks like it has a lot of paint on it. Could that keep them from functioning correctly? That's what I'm a little worried about because they're pretty old. I thought, well, maybe I should replace them because I don't know how much air. And also, to tell you, this house was a flip prior to 2007. When we moved in, there was no venting on the roof at all. I noticed wow. that my home inspector didn't even catch it. Oh, good. And I got so, my contractor over and put a ridge vent in. Perfect. So is it perfect. enough for soffit vents and ridge vents to vent the attic? That's what I wanted
6: to know.
1: Yeah, the standard the answer to that is yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason those soffit vents are there uh, is obviously so we can get air in and out through the right. – Roof vent. So, right. if some of the soffit vents are clogged, then it's restricting that that airflow. So, mm-hmm. okay.
8: I was a little concerned. We had a mouse die one into the house about three years ago, and it happened to be during the winter time. And it and it and it was towards the corner of an area, and I even was able to retrieve the little thing out of the attic.
1: That was but good. I tell you,
8: it took a month, and I told my that, husband, I said, "I don't think we're getting good attic ventilation through those soft vents. <laughs> it should have taken that long for that smell to get out of there." Yeah,
5: I was mm-hmm. concerned about it. Well, so. if you
0: replace them, I'll tell you. If you walk on un- or by your house, like if you replace them tonight and walk by tomorrow, you'll think you got a new house. Changing yeah, well, the soffits well, look great. <laughs>
8: Well, and that's the thing is, they just look really bad. And someone told me you can get them in colors, like it's a cream color trim. Uh Somebody Mm -hmm. said you could buy them in a color and slap them up there, and you don't have to, you know, they won't be aluminum colors. I don't know. I've got to do some research. Yes.
0: Well, do it, Helen. It doesn't cost much. Go ahead and do it.
8: All right.
6: Thanks a lot.
0: Thanks. Let's go to uh, Gary real quick, see if we can get his question in. Gary, you with
1: us?
6: Yes, thanks. Yes, sir. Uh, Just quickly. I have an old, old house that the previous owner did a lot of work that he shouldn't have done himself, and I'm concerned about my. <laughs> hey, that's me. A ni- that's yeah. a
1: nice way to put that.
6: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm concerned about my breaker box. I mean, the, being an old house that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, up-to-date wiring or anything, right. but I'm just wondering if it would be of any, is it a good idea or a bad idea to start with just replacing the the breaker box. I
0: uh, uh I know the guys are gonna come in on this, but uh, how old is this house, Gary?
6: About seventy years.
0: Uh, you you oh, couldn't well, yeah. you couldn't
6: yeah, we spend to,
0: better money we, than we, <laughs> need to, we need to start upgrading electrical. Right, and, and we need wires in the wall and everything. Um, uh, the, the price uh, the price. Oh, oh, okay. I thought this was unlimited price. Of course, uh, no. I've never had a customer that's got a had a budget. I thought budget. It was all. Yeah, just whatever you want to <laughs> <Yeah>, spend. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, um, honestly, Garrett, you really could flip a coin on which is more important to replace at this point: uh, wow. the wires in the wall, or the box, or the outlets. Or I mean, it's if it's seventy years old, house. Any of them could be. Replaced and you'd well, be safer.
6: Seventy
1: years ago, did we? Is is it grounded? It, uh, no.
6: Well, I, uh, I recently had a a, a ground added that when I had some work being done on the air conditioning. System. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: okay, and and you know, code is two grounds. So, um, and remember, we're exceeding it, code. Well, true. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, Gary, I, I think it's definitely time to start doing some electrical upgrading. And and you know what, Gary? It won't hurt
0: to do one by one if that's all you got for right now. In other words, if you can't do the whole system, there's no reason right. why you can't replace the box. Uh, then go back a year later, replace your your wiring. A year later, you know, replace whatever you know outlets. Uh, now I will say right. this, Gary: go to the store, spend ten bucks, and get ten outlets. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, they they just – they don't cost anything. So, you know, and it's just a Saturday worth of putting screw plates on. It's not a big
6: deal. Yeah, well, some of the outlets have been upgraded, but I'm, you know, worried about the the big picture. Yeah, right. Good for you. Is is
2: there aluminum wiring in there or uh –
6: combination Uh, of wires.
1: Goodness gracious. (laughs) Seventy years ago, it could be knob and tube. Yeah.
0: I I, I don't know. Wow. I mean... All right, Gary. Well, get in there and change some stuff before you burn that sucker down. All right. uh, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was... Ms. Liz Gill for Delmore, Moore, Jeff Simmons, our, uh, I'm Jason Klein. <laughs> Stay tuned for Everyday Tech with Michelle McAdoo. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.